Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Hello and welcome to the first 2022 episode of the Business of Psychology, or the first one that I'm recording in 2022 anyway, as Some of you will know I have just returned from my maternity leave. I'm actually using my Keeping in Touch days to record this episode in January 2022. Uh, And I'm very, very excited to be back with you on the airwaves after the safe and happy and healthy arrival of my little baby, Caitlin. So thank you so much to all the people that got in touch with me um, to send us some well wishes. We've had a lovely time um, bonding over the last few weeks. And thank you so much for continuing to listen to this podcast. I'm sorry that I didn't manage to do a New Year Roundup episode, um, as seems to be mandatory for most podcasts. Didn't quite manage it, was kind of up to my elbows in sleep deprivation and nappies. (laughs) Um, So I'm sorry I didn't manage to do that. But I do hope that you had lovely uh, festive break, lovely Christmas, lovely New Year, if you celebrate those things. Um, And yes, welcome to 2022. But without any more ado, I want to talk about a topic today which I just don't think gets enough airtime. So as you know, I've been doing a series on here about how to create and market an online course. And that's because I really believe that online courses are a great way for us to engage people that might not be up for coming to therapy for whatever reason. I could not be more passionate about online courses However, they need to be done well. And teaching online is a skill and you've got to learn it if you want to create a successful online course. To be honest, for many of us, studying at university means that we've actually encountered an awful lot of bad teaching in our careers. I'm doing an MBA at the moment and most of the teaching is literally a white middle-aged man talking at me in a droning voice for two hours while I try desperately to stop thinking about what I'm having for tea, what the kids are up to, or really anything other than the subject they're talking about. And that just won't cut it in the world of online courses. Research suggests that up to 88% of people don't finish an online course that they've started. And that is completely unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to take money from people for something that they don't even finish. And if we want to make sure that people get good results from our courses, we have to make sure that they are taught skillfully so that people actually finish them and get all of the amazing learning points that we want to get out there. So in this episode, I'm going to talk you through the four pillars of creating engaging online lessons that I recommend that you consider when you're creating anything educational, whether it's social media videos, podcast episodes, uh, right the way through to the actual lessons of your online course. I try and apply the same principles to everything that I put out there that has an educational value attached to it. And I found it really helpful to do that. So every time that I plan a lesson, social media video, or a podcast episode, I always start by selecting three to five key learning points that I really want the audience to take away. I then think about how I can hit those learning points from different angles to make sure it really sinks in for people. 
So the first way that I try and engage people is through their imaginations. So as you know, I'm a big fan of storytelling in your marketing, but I'm also a really big fan of storytelling in your teaching. Anything that you're trying to convey to people, I think needs a story behind it that can really ignite people's imagination and get them to put themselves into the learning point. So this can be including personal stories, composite stories, really illustrating everything you teach with a story of some sort is gonna bring it to life for your students. So you can listen to more about how I recommend using stories in our episode on writing for your marketing. Um, And I'm gonna put that link in the show notes for you. The second way that I try and engage people in my teaching is through the kind of visual elements. So that's graphics, mind maps, or illustrations. And I will be honest with you, I totally suck at this. This is not how my brain works really. So I usually need a bit of help to take my verbal ideas and put them into graphic format. But charts, mind maps, graphs, infographics, all of these things can really make an idea more solid for people. So I really recommend providing those and also where you can, creating a workbook or resource pack so that visual learners can be scribbling their own doodles um, to help them understand what you're talking about while you're teaching. I definitely try and do that for any kind of paid classes um, that I'm that I'm creating. Anything in the membership, anything in psychology business school, I always try and have a workbook for my visual learners because I think it's really important. I also, the third way that I try and engage people is through auditory stimulation. So this is talking through your learning points, but also making time for small group discussion of the learning point. I think it's really important to provide that time and space for people to ask you questions. So some people will need to hear things put in several different ways before they can apply that learning to their own lives. And I think you can create that time with a simple Q&A either during the session or having a separate Q&A session afterwards, um, which I think is a really nice way of doing it. Or you can break people off into small groups and you then go into those groups so that they've got time in a smaller, more private setting to ask you to rephrase things. It really depends on how long you've got with people, what's gonna be most appropriate. But I think it is really important to make sure there is time and space for people to ask you to rephrase. Finally, I think if you really want to engage people with your learning point, it's very important to have some practical content in there. These are the exercises that make people apply the learning to a real life situation that they're in or expect to be in soon. This is the way my brain works. If I don't do this, I will not remember something. I need to be encouraged in any learning situation to think about how this learning is going to impact on my life or my professional practice. If I do that, the learning will stick in my head. I've just got that kind of a brain. And I think it is really important in everything that we teach that there is some kind of practical exercise or encouragement to apply the thinking to a practical situation that people are really going through. So I find that breakout rooms on Zoom are really brilliant for giving people time and space to do this without putting them on the spot. But other ways of doing it are role plays and hot seat style questions. Um, And I've seen those work really well. So a brilliant example actually 
uh, of this working well is in our press masterclass that we have in the Do More Than Therapy membership. And this is where James Waterhouse came in to teach us in Do More Than Therapy about engaging with the media successfully. And he forced us <laughs> um, to get up and do practical exercises in front of the rest of the group where he would literally play the soundtrack of a popular TV show and then interview us as though we were on that TV show. And it was really terrifying. And most of us that did it were like sweating <laughs> and finding it quite challenging. But, oh my gosh, the learning that I took from that session has not left me. It was so much more powerful because it was practical and forcing me to really get into that scenario. So I'd really encourage you to make sure that anything you're teaching has a practical component to it, as well as hitting all these other learning styles that we've talked about. So if you cover off each of those pillars for each learning point that you want to cover, you will find the engagement in your lessons goes up hugely. They just don't allow people to sit back and glaze over in the way that we might do in a traditional lecture setting. And I feel like I've slagged off lecturers a little bit here. There are some really good university lecturers out there. Of course there are, and many of you listening will be those excellent lecturers. But my experience has predominantly been that lectures are quite boring, don't cover any of those pillars of engagement. But actually, for online learning, because we don't have the cues of being in a, in a new environment, being in an environment that's dedicated to learning, we don't have the peer pressure of everybody around us facing forwards and listening to the lecturer, we need a little bit of extra help to engage with online courses. Otherwise, the lure of the housework, of all those distractions that are in the home environment, whether that's you know your latest Netflix box set, um, something your kids want you to do, or um, or just you know faffing around looking at your phone, they're all a bit too strong um, to be resisted in the home environment. So we need to make a bit of extra effort to really engage um, our online learners. And for anybody that's thinking about launching an online course this year, this needs to be at the core of your strategy. Um, it's not, it shouldn't be an afterthought. Creating your materials, including all of your marketing materials with these four pillars in mind, will really help you to create a course that you feel proud of and can push forward into the world, knowing it's gonna do a lot of good for the people that consume it. So I hope that's gonna be useful for you. We are also gonna be covering how to make your um, materials more inclusive so that you can make sure that you're engaging for everybody who you're trying to serve with your online course and that's going to be an upcoming episode on the business of psychology so as ever let me know what you think let me know if this episode has been helpful and you can get in touch either via the free facebook group which i will link to in the show notes or you can contact me directly via my instagram dms which is at rosie gildethorpe do you dream of creating an online course? Are you desperate to reach more people, but skeptical that you can actually make it work? The truth is a lot of online courses made by psychologists and therapists do fail, but that isn't because the content is bad. It's because the marketing strategy sucks. And the truth is your marketing isn't a separate thing. Talking to the community that you want to serve should be part of the development of the course. Getting to know them, giving them free resources and building relationships while you build your course in the background 
is the key to success that most psychologists and therapists miss. Well, not you, (laughs) because you can download my free course creation guide and get yourself on the right track to creating a course that people actually want and need. The guide talks you through the first essential steps that you must take when planning your course so you can avoid the expensive mistakes that I see so many well-intentioned people making. Get yours at psychologybusinessschool.com now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy.